Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett on News Radio WGNS FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Today on the program, we're talking about Murfreesboro City Schools. Lisa Trail joins us here in studio and a lot of great things to talk about going on with Murfreesboro City Schools here this morning as we uh, ramp ever so closer to Thanksgiving and holiday season. And boy, uh, it uh, fall break just seemed like, Lisa, it came at such a good time. It did <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> Uh, in, including uh, ad- administrators and central office staff. <laughs> we were all ready for a break, that's for sure. <laughs> I can assume so. Um, were there any changes with that nine weeks uh, from the from the first nine weeks? I would assume that maybe more kids came back uh, to in person. Maybe we do. We have about we have over eighty percent of our students now in person in our classroom some schools are much higher than that some you know so average of a little bit over 80 percent so that means about 19 percent are uh, doing virtual learning now so we did see a big increase in that uh, students in the seats and so happy to have them back we were at 55 percent and 45 percent virtual for the first nine weeks so it's just nice to walk in and see classrooms that now that were virtual that are now in person mm-hmm. um students are doing great they are doing great with their mask i keep saying that to everyone it's amazing how well they've adapted um and of course there's always times when you want to pull that mask off and have a little bit of breather but uh, for the most part they're doing great and the teachers are doing amazing as far as adapting with that aren't they kind of giving them uh, some social distancing breaks in areas where they can go do that kind most of thing most of too? the time they have some type of area usually it's like a corner of their classroom where they can just go take a breather break and come back in if they just need that but again the students are doing a great job with it teachers um because they are having to speak so much it is a little bit harder when you're trying to speak and use a mask and everything as long as they're staying uh six foot away from the children can take their mask off and teach so they've had to kind of learn how to do that because they're used to walking through the class walk touching all that kind of stuff so we've all kind of learned uh as we go and i think that i again just accolades to our teachers our eas our administrators for Mm -hmm. just really taking this and saying the best thing we can do for our children is to keep them safe our job is to educate so safety and education how do um, you you mentioned like uh, before when it was um, I guess more virtual learners than in person and Mm -hmm. now that that's uh, almost 80 20 how do you determine um, determine that? I mean, is it based on uh, the number of COVID cases in the city uh, or is it just within nope. that population in the school system? Or? Sure. So parents had, we started the school district because the COVID numbers were up so high when we started a school. Uh, we did pre-K through second grade in the building and third through sixth grade Uh, virtual and saying that they always had options if you were a pre-k through second grade and you wanted to opt out for health reasons or for some other reason you could go virtual same thing for virtual if you if both parents worked, they couldn't find childcare, they didn't have uh, internet access or something like that they could come into school so kind of balanced out Uh, when we opened um, the week before fall break to everyone that's when everyone had the option 
to be in school and then they had to opt out. Does that make sense? Gotcha. So everyone should be in school or they've opted out for virtual learning. Mm-hmm. And that again is based on their own personal circumstances. If they've opted out of the traditional classroom and doing virtual learning, there was a parent agreement that was put into place. And we really do want those parents to be um, working with the students because we can only do so much virtually so students need to be in a quiet area they need to be focused when it's bell time they need to be logged on and ready to learn um we want to see them visually so we we don't want them with a camera that's turned off we want to see them so that we know that they are actually engaged Uh, when a teacher asks them a question they should be able to answer back so it really does take a lot of work from the teacher's perspective as well as the parent and the student when you're doing virtual learning to stay engaged and stay focused because we don't want them to lose any of the education they should be receiving. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think uh, right before school was supposed to start, as you mentioned, our numbers were going up. Our our numbers, pardon me, went down for for a bit. Now we're seeing a little bit of a spike. So Mm -hmm. how do you determine, you know, when when, I I guess there are cutoffs and and times when you say, okay, now we've got to make a decision. And how do you when do you look at all that? Well, we watch our numbers daily, but we do not plan on making any more uh, changes until our Christmas break. Uh, And probably we'll come back to school with very similar circumstances what we are in now. Uh, I think we've learned a lot, and we needed that first, you know, seven, eight weeks just to make sure we could actually um, teach in a pandemic, uh, making sure that we could control like everything from breakfast and lunch to movement in the hallways and all that kind of good stuff so i don't foresee that we're going to change a lot however we will watch the numbers we talk about them daily we get reports daily as far as what's going on in our schools and it's one of those things now where uh, i think you can control that on a school by school basis and not necessarily a system basis sure. if there needed to be something you know for a particular school i've seen a lot of that in other counties i'm assuming that here. right absolutely and you know we do the quarantines as needed um it just one of those where we're being very very safe uh we are trying if we have any type of s- suspicion for covid uh or um something like that we would quarantine a classroom so we're doing classroom by classroom at a time Mm -hmm. if there was something that went uh, on a larger basis we would look at a school at a time but probably not anything from a district-wide at least that's not where we would begin sure sure okay well some good information there um you know i I think for for parents this is all new too you know and 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 how is it going and and you hear you know the numbers are higher so then what does that mean for the school system and so i think that's uh really good information there that um we're kind of where we're going to be here it looks like and i have to say you know we talk about COVID a lot with the media but day to day the it's amazing inside of our schools. Uh, children are learning. We're still doing our STEAM walks uh, in a different way. Mm-hmm. We, you know, they're still doing their math, their reading, their science. They are engaged. They're having um, just wonderful lessons. They're doing art and music. So a t- typical day inside of a classroom is looking just like it did last year with just some safety precautions going on. Uh, We're doing virtual field trips this year instead of doing actual field trips. Uh, Virtual speakers coming in and you know when you're doing speakers virtually it can be across the world so that's kind of cool. So just a lot of great 
things going on inside of our classroom. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't get to see that because we are limiting the visitors in our schools. Sure. Um, so we focus on COVID as far as when I'm talking, but that's not what we're doing inside the school. Inside the school, there's some great education happening. Sure. Uh, I think it's, it's certainly uh, made us rethink everything from top to bottom and and how schools operate and and systems operate but you mentioned uh the the virtual field trips if you will that's maybe something that um without this pandemic maybe we didn't even think about that until now well we were doing some in the past years but not anything like what we're doing now Mm -hmm. um they've done a whole lot of pen pals relationships uh with other countries that you know when i was going to school that was a written letter and now they're doing it on zoom so what how cool is that uh so it really does expose um our students to a like a world of knowledge mm-hmm. that they wouldn't have um but we again mickey and trent who are our technology coaches really did start introducing a lot of those virtual ideas uh probably four or five years ago but obviously last year and this year has amped up big time sure so between the google classroom and all the other things that are happening in the in the schools uh, students are really able to look into the world and see what's happening i think one thing that covid did is it 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 forced um technology upgrades and improvements Mm -hmm. to be able to do the normal day-to-day activities and now we're seeing some benefits from this with with more technology throughout the entire district i'm sure that helps to do like a virtual field trip yeah well it's not just improvements in technology it's made us all figure it out (laughs) so where the young um maybe you know your 20s and 30s technology is just old hand to you uh for us who is a little bit older than that we've had to figure out oh okay now how do we do it this way so i think that is really being great i mean i now have done more zoom meetings than i've ever done in my life and you know i think it'll continue to be that way but um we don't want to lose the personal touch either because zoom is great but it's not the same as seeing a person having that um just that emotional connection with your teacher that you know seeing your friends the social connection so um we are doing the best, but I hope that it finally goes away, that we're all back in our classrooms. Yeah, yeah. Lisa Trail with Murfreesboro City Schools with us. It, it, it sounds like from the classroom perspective that you're, you know, that with COVID not being, you know, every day talked about and, and, and this, that, and the, things are, you're trying to do things as normal as possible within the classrooms. Obviously, there are changes with, you know, you'll see mask and distancing mm-hmm. and things, but that's becoming, I would think by now, kind of old hat uh, routine. Yeah. They are still doing book publishing. I know that there's a group of first graders getting their books published at Discovery this year. Uh, I think today or tomorrow, sometime they're working on the book publishing. Um, there's a group at, uh, this, let's see, I'm trying to think, Overall Creek uh, is having their steam walk this week. Um, there, I mean, just across across the schools, there's just so much going on, and they're doing such a wonderful job of it. It's also uh, National Farm to School Month, so we're going to be celebrating that this year. We've, we've celebrated for the past five years with as part of the southeast crunch uh, which means that we're introducing a fruit into the classrooms this year it's a uh, apple and actually uh, every year we've done apples because that's the best thing to do in tennessee in the middle of october so we're doing uh apples in the classrooms but it's part of their lunch this year in the past it's been part a, a different type process uh but this year uh, on thursday every every child gets a really 
grand apple and we're going to talk about where it was um where where we where it was grown so Mm -hmm. it's coming from pikeville tennessee it's a golden delicious or a red delicious so that'll be part of their their lunch but also uh opportunity to talk about farm to school and where does an apple come from and how does it grow uh our gardens um outside of our schools as well as in our greenhouses and our and our hydroponic towers are doing amazing um and so students get when at when they're at recess, they'll come up and talk to one of our farmer educators about what's growing now. When is it ready to harvest? When it, what can, can we taste it? All of that. So, again, so many wonderful things to do that I hate that I'll, every time I talk, I feel like I'm talking about COVID and there's just so much more going on in the yeah. schools. Well, I, I think this is a good opportunity for us to uh, to talk about those things and get that out there. And, you know, I, I think as adults, maybe COVID is just what's on the top of mind. You know, it, it has dominated our um, conversations here oh, for so many months. And and uh, it's it's good to uh, hear about what's going on in the school. So farm to school, is that just one example? Uh, I, I mean, are you doing other fruits and, and foods and things like that? Oh, farm to school is, you know, this. we are in our seventh year of farm to school at Murfreesboro City Schools. We started with an implementation grant many so seven years ago we're now in part of a usda grant where it's really about taking the food from the gardens and putting them in the cafeteria so um i'm amazed and i can't imagine what we're going to do by next year uh this year even with covid from january through now our farmers have already harvested over two thousand pounds of food that has now been served either in the cafeteria or been sent home with families which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, right now they're planting their fall crops or they already have them, I guess, seeded and getting ready to, to get in the grounds. And uh, still they're harvesting broccoli and cabbage and kohlrabi and eggplant and so many things. So just the idea that students are understanding where their food comes from, what farmers do, the fact that you can grow it in a hydroponic tower in your inside your home or on because uh, a lot of us don't have large backyards anymore you know so the small garden areas and how much it will produce has been just a, always a good part of the education farming is a science and uh, the children love it they love to be able to really understand the concept and try new vegetables they will try things that when they've seen it grow in the gardens that they would never try if they didn't like if you just bought it in a grocery store yeah if you said um, we're having eggplant I, yeah. I can imagine what that conversation would be like right 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 <laughs> or kohlrabi which is a very odd little vegetable that i had never even seen grown but now they know what kohlrabi is and how you cook it I, again that was a new one for me this year because I'd never ever seen it <laughs> yeah I, I can't say that i have either. or that broccoli comes from the you know it's a head or that uh carrots grow in the ground so they're there it's just a really interesting part of their science and their steam projects is that farm to school well uh, our last few seconds here and and i know that by the next time we get uh, get ready to talk we'll actually be well within this nine weeks it's crazy yeah it's i know quick. i know we are going um it's amazing that fall like 
has kind of snuck upon us and we will be looking at thanksgiving break before we know it <laughs> i know uh, it's it's going to be great uh to to get there and uh thanks for coming in and sharing some of the great things that are going on with murfreesboro city schools thank you for having me as you always bet. lisa trail joining us here in studio and uh, don't forget you can check wgnsradio.com for our podcast and also wherever you listen to your favorite podcast audio have a great day everybody and we will see you next time